Are you working? What kind of work do you do? We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. From the makeshift studios in Mullica Hill, New Jersey, it is Talking Ish with your commish. We have the final week of the season upon us. That's right, the championship game, winner takes all. Should be an exciting matchup. And I honestly, though I did not make it to the game, and we will get to the reasons why, but though I didn't make it, I couldn't ask for a more exciting matchup. The league's top two teams, top two seeds, the winners of each division squaring off and i think that's the way it should be you know the holy war gentile versus jew that's what we're all about here in the founding florida fantasy football league and you're gonna get your matchup this weekend the championship matchup mike versus bj uncle bj coming in uh to the playoffs hot cooled off a little bit mike kind of the same deal so i kind of think they're comparable teams right now i really do think this is a anybody can take it situation but we're going to preview that a little bit later on in the show. Want to kick off the show thanking everybody for all the uh, birthday wishes yesterday. I turned 29 yesterday, which is just about 30. I got one more year left until I'm 30. And you know when I was younger, that seemed like a really old number. That seemed like a really old age to be. 30 years old, you were an old fart. Your life was pretty much a, I was like, oh, that one foot in the grave. That's it and that's all, baby. Your life has been real. I feel like every year in your 20s kind of has some significance, though. Like, your your first year in your 20s, you've entered a new decade of your life. You're you're now in your second, your second decade. It's a fresh start. 20, you're an adult. 21, you can drink. That's fucking cool. 22, you're tra- it's a transition year, right? So 22, you're, you're about to, like, graduate college. Same with 23. You, that's, like, your post, first year post-grad. And then 24 is when you're, like... Wow, 24 is a cool age because I'm still young. I'm still relevant. 25, milestone. You're 25. It's different. You're like at the midway point. 26 is kind of a throwout year. 27 is cool because like all those people died at 27. Jimi Hendrix and all the other forever 27 people. So you survive 27 for 28. So then 28 is exciting because you survive 27. And then 29 is just a throwout year because it's just the countdown to 30. That's all 29 is. No one looks back and they're like, 29. Oh, yeah, that's a good number. But maybe it's a good year. I don't know. You got a couple of you guys have had your 29th year of life. What was that like? Let me know. Hit me up. I don't have a phone line per se, but call me on my cell phone. I'll put it on here. I don't know. Just throwing ideas out there, spitballing. My birthday was pretty cool. The uh, first lady, she took me out to dinner at Kitchen Consigliere which is an Italian restaurant in Collingswood. If you've never been there, it's owned by a guy who I don't know his exact connection to the mob, but he has some kind of mob connections to the point where like, he was in court for it. And his famous line was, I'm not a crook, I'm a cook. What a line. He owns this restaurant, though. Just a cool little Italian joint with all this like cool like gangster movie shit on the wall, like the Godfather stuff and Goodfellas and Sopranos. Pretty much every like Italian mafia movie is just somewhere depicted in this restaurant. It's a pretty cool spot. 
Highly recommend it. And then when we got home, there was a surprise waiting for me. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I really like to shoot basketballs. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is. I could just mindlessly stand there for hours and just shoot a basketball. And I really never played basketball. I was never very good at it. I just really enjoy it. There's just something about achieving getting the ball through the hoop that you're just like, I want to be able to do that and do it every single fucking time. And you can just stand out there for hours and work on it. So I've always wanted a basketball, like a legit basketball hoop in my driveway. Not like one of those things that has like you put sand in the base and or like water and it just like it can blow away in a storm. I want one with like cemented in the ground, nice backboard, fucking legit. You can bring it up and down. Something cool. And, you know, I've I've said that before in front of Jen, but I never thought she would she would go and do that. So she gets me the basketball hoop. And the funny story about it is a couple weeks ago, I came home and my entire lawn was marked with like my utilities. So basically, like anytime you dig on your property or you have a project like that, they need to mark the utility lines and they come out and they put the little flags in. And there's one color for each of the different utilities, like electric is yellow, gas is orange, whatever the fucking scheme is. I pull up and my house is covered with these flags. My lawn and my driveway have been spray painted different colors and I call the first utility company I can think of to call is my gas company so I call them up and I'm like yo somebody marked my lawn and I'm not sure why because I didn't order anything I didn't I'm not getting the pool I'm not having like the fence put in I'm not getting any work done to my house that I know of so I'm like what the fuck I'm like somebody marked the wrong lawn and, and they're gonna start digging on my property or something so I call them I'm like what the fuck's going on they transfer me to somebody else. Eventually, I get to a very nice woman who helps me out. And she gives me a number to call where I can contact, like, basically the people who came out and did that. So I call the number she gave me, and it's this guy. He answers, and he's like, oh, yeah, we were out there earlier. We were spraying for a playset. I'm like, um, well, I didn't order a playset. I don't, I mean, I don't have kids or anything. Like, I, maybe it's my neighbor. Maybe you got the wrong house. And he's like, no, they gave me one, three, two. I'm like, are you sure they didn't mean one, two, three? Because one, two, three Brookside Way has a fucking bunch of kids. So that would make sense. And he's like, oh, okay. Uh, well, I'll have to check. Um, but don't worry, nobody's going to come and dig in your yard. I'm like, okay, as long as you're saying that here on this recorded line, uh, that's cool. At least I have some assurance that you're not going to dig in my yard. So... Despite that assurance, I was still like, fuck this. I'm going to go pull up all these flags. I pulled up all the flags. I threw them in my garage because I could use them for fancy football stuff. We need flags like this. Um, but, yeah, I just rip them up, and I don't think about it because, like, time went by, and no one came to dig in my yard. I was like, okay, that's cool. No worries. This was all just a misunderstanding. So when we pull up into the driveway, Jen starts to explain to me, like, there has been a hole in the ground that they filled with cement in our like next to our driveway for like a week and you did not notice. She like strategically parked her car over it and would be like make up excuses to use my car so we could get around to places and I'm just a fucking idiot and I don't, I'm just like fucking stoned and I'm so I'm bringing I've lately I've been playing my like little video game when we travel. I'm playing like a little handheld game. It's fucking fun. If you want to know about it. Hit me up. DM me. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but she totally pulled it off. 
she got the basketball hoop installed while she was at work. And it's fucking cool. If you guys want to come over and ball, I'm going to be the best, like, sh- shooter around. I'm going to become, like, the J.J. Reddick of street ball, where I can just, like, shoot threes from any angle. You better watch out. Come to my house. Respect me! So the last fucking three weeks, I've felt like dog shit. I'm just, like, waking up every day. Like, I feel sick. Like, I either got, like, a, like a, some kind of cold. My stomach hurts. Just like the last three weeks have not been kind to me. And um, I probably don't help the situation by continuing to drink, continuing to smoke. Um, but I don't, like, what do you guys do when you're sick? Like, do you just, like, forgo your normal lifestyle for the sake of a cold? I'm not going to do that. And plus, don't they call whiskey grandpa's old cough medicine or whatever the fucking phrase might be? You got to follow grandpa. Why is the old people know best? This is that time of year where you're just thinking about Christmas break. Like, you're at work, you're kind of just going through the motions. Because what the fuck, it does like, that's the time of year you realize it doesn't matter. Like, everything you do, your job, the menial tasks and everything you're trying to accomplish, it's all irrelevant. The only thing that matters is that little break you get. Where you actually get to see everybody that you care about. Your friends, your family, and everything that's important. And all these other things just take away from that and make you miserable. So I don't know about you, but I'm super on edge in December. Like, I'm a miserable motherfucker. Like, don't fucking fuck with me. I'm the Grinch in this situation. I am a mean motherfucker in December. I'm like, bah humbug. You and your Christmas joy, get it the fuck out of my face. Why do you got your light-up sweater here, Susan? You look ridiculous. This is a fucking workplace. This is where work gets done. And I don't want to do any of it right now. I don't. Because all I want to do is sit back, be with people I actually care about, and sip some whiskey and have some fun. Isn't that what life's all about at the, in the, end, of, at the end of the day? None of this other shit really matters. So lately, it's just like the the grind of having to go to work because I hate driving to work because driving sucks. I hate the route to work I have to take. I hate sitting in traffic. And I hate listening to sports talk radio. That shit is just like bananas to me. You listen to some of the callers that have been calling in this week. Like, yes, I'm so excited we won this game against the Rams. Don't get me wrong. Like, it got me like juices flowing. My like eagle's loin is full. It's throttled. It's fucking raging. But, but like, I am, I am not in this delusional cloud that some people are in. Nick Foles is who he is. He's a great backup quarterback. He's a great quarterback in Philadelphia sports history because he won us the Super Bowl. He's the guy that got us over the hump. But this delusion that he is not, or that he is better than Carson Wentz, this, that's just, like, stupid fucking thing to even bring up it's just like it doesn't even make sense to me in one guy you have a backup quarterback like look at his career look at everything and yes a Super Bowl MVP is a huge fucking deal but he was also put in a situation to do it who got him there Carson and yeah Carson's body of work might be a little bit smaller uh he hasn't been in the league as long and it has been riddled with injuries but my man is not made of like glass you guys got to, like, I, all these people that call in to the radio, they got to stop, like, with this, this bullshit that he's, like, 
paper mache quarterback. My man, if you remember last year before he tore his ACL and whatever else he did to his knee, he was the MVP of the NFL. He was the real deal. He was a stallion. He was the Eagles franchise quarterback. He was the best quarterback in football. He was the best player in football. The way he and just was so efficient with our offense, deep passes, short passes, passes across the middle, passes down the sideline with his legs, all this stuff, just dynamic quarterback, escaping the pocket to find passers, deep, deep throws. This year, I get it. It was a little different. But my man was coming off a major injury, and I know that people want to knock him for like being injured a lot of his career, even going back to college, whatever. But I'm a guy who sympathizes with, for people with injuries. When you get hurt, and it's like something that requires surgery, you're immobilized for a period of time. So not only do you have to get surgery, heal the injury, and rehab the actual injury itself, you're strengthening all of the other muscles that have kind of been forgotten in the process of you healing. Like you can't work out, you can't do any of that shit when you're hung up in the rehab situation. So I feel like we kind of rushed him back. He he played pretty decent. I don't think you can say he played bad necessarily. Like he wasn't up to what he was last year, but he was still pretty fucking good. And I think the problem was that he he wasn't comfortable planting that that leg throwing the ball. And that's why you didn't see a whole lot of passes downfield. So what does he do? He's like comfortable with with Ertz. Ertz is his security blanket. Checkdowns to Ertz. Because it's a short pass. We can get the ball moving somehow. That's that's just what he had to do because he was hurt. I think the back, the knee, probably some other stuff we don't even know about. Get the guy healthy. I think he should sit out the rest of the year. And if Nick Foles takes us to a Super Bowl again, fucking God bless him. That would be a great story. Fucking Nick Foles part two. But I'll still believe that Carson is the quarterback of the future because it's just what the facts are. That's just reality. Like, you moved up how many? 13 picks to go get the guy? And you're just going to give up on him because you got a guy who won two Super Bowls, but he's a backup quarterback? I don't know. I just I have a very strong opinion. That Carson Wentz is the guy of the future, and anybody who thinks otherwise, I just think is 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 missing the point. Look at how good he was when he was healthy, and maybe you're thinking, "Oh, well, maybe he won't be healthy." And I'm telling you, if I had had the kind of fucking rehab things that NFL players have, I would be fucking at full health. I would have never re-injured myself. These guys have round-the-clock attention; like they're gonna get the best care that they need, but. The thing that fucked this up was that we rushed him back because we wanted him to play to win a Super Bowl, and he was technically medically cleared, meaning like, yeah, he's met the bare requirements to return to the field. But that doesn't mean he's at his best. It doesn't mean he's 100% healed. And I don't think anybody knows that better than me because I've been there. I came back too fucking soon because I was just like, I want to play. I want to help my team. I just, I love the game. I want to play. But I fucked it up because I rushed it back and I fucked up the injury I had already had. The good news for Carson is that this is a completely different injury. That'll heal. It's fine. The reason I think he got hurt, like in terms of the back injury at least, I think that came from Doug and his shitty play calling. Because all all this year, there was just not the same balance, the same rhythm, the same pop to the offense. It was boring. It was not even fun to watch. 
There was no excitement. And I don't I can't blame Carson for that. I just can't. When you have to like when you like just look at the situation. Like it's football's completely situational. If you're in like a third and like 15, that's not a good situation to be in. You're not going to move the ball downfield in third and 15s or third and 20s. We were penal like we were probably one of the, the most penalized offensive teams this year. And it put us in shitty situations where Carson couldn't do anything. No, I mean, maybe a guy like Aaron Rodgers is just, like, ridiculous, could do something. But Carson's not that kind of guy. Carson's a rhythm guy. He's like a Tom Brady. It's efficiency. It's like, once we get in a rhythm, nothing's going to stop us. That's the kind of quarterback he is. And he couldn't get into a rhythm this year because of penalties, because of bad play calling, uh, not being aware of the situation, clock management, like, all of those things. And the offensive line through the first couple of games, I think because of the shitty play calling, our offensive line is the kind of offensive line that without a rhythm, they don't get confidence. They want to jam the ball down your throat. You hear these pundits talk all the time about they love to run the ball because they can be physical. Well, yeah, there's something to that because it gives them momentum. It's like, I just ran your ass over. You want to come at me for the passing game? Let's go, motherfucker. And it gives them the edge. That's just the way football works. That's the way sports works. It's fucking gladiator shit. So if our offensive line can't get any momentum, guys are getting through, they're getting beat, Carson's getting his ass dropped. He got hit so many times this season. Just look at some of these shots he took. And, like, you even saw Nick Foles get fucking dropped a few times, stepping into some passes. But that guy's got balls. Carson, though, he's got just as big of balls, though. And I, I like I had this injury prone shit that everybody keeps talking about. I don't think that's him. I think that's the fucking system. Let Carson be Carson. Let him be aggressive. Let him play. And let him be a gunslinger. That's the best Carson there is. And this year I just feel like we were out of sync. Call it Super Bowl hangover or whatever. I really do think that he's the quarterback of the future. This team's going to be fine. Nick Foles is going to go off to some other team. And it's going to be okay. It'll be a great chapter from Eagles history, but now we're going to enter something new. And it could be a dynasty if people just have some fucking patience. This podcast is brought to you by Colonel E.H. Taylor Single Barrel Whiskey. I'm talking about the bourbon whiskey, baby. Right in Kentucky, they bottle this shit up with that limestone water that makes everything just taste so fucking good. And that's the kind of shit that you can only get at your finest liquor stores. I go to 5 o'clock liquors right here in Morgan, New Jersey. Check them out. E.H. Taylor, single barrel. Gonna cost you a pretty penny, but it's worth every fucking penny you spend. Good to the last drop, E.H. Taylor. We're gonna get to the commission's corner. A little, this is where we get a little serious, I guess. It's not super serious this time, but a little story from this weekend. I was at a Russian wedding. Lots of collusion going on at the Russian wedding. A kid I work with, he's a Russian kid. And uh, their traditions are kind of cool. Like the wedding itself, I won't comment on in case this gets out to anybody. But uh, the the cool tradition they had was screaming out, in the, and this was at the ceremony, they were screaming out Gorka. And I was like, I don't know what that means. And someone explained it. And they were like, Gorka means bitter. So we're saying like, bitter, bitter, bitter. And the idea being that when they scream this out, the groom has to kiss the bride because that's sweet. I just thought that was sweet. This has been Commission's Corner. Hello, this is Joel Embiid. I know listening to talking Ish with your commission. All right, before I get into the matchup, uh, 
I hope you all got my Christmas card. I'm still working on getting addresses for some of you that I uh, don't normally send Christmas cards to out in the league, but uh, you'll get it eventually, even if it's after Christmas and you don't celebrate it. I don't give a shit. It's just a cool card. And Mike, I know you got yours. Saw the text. You got to uh, listen to the podcast a couple podcasts ago if you haven't listened to that podcast to get the story behind the family photo Christmas card. All right, we're going to get into the matchups, but before I do, I want to get my fucking music jumping. Here we go. The matchups. Well, there's only one matchup. It's not really matchups, but this is for it all. This is for all the fucking marbles. All of them. You don't know how good it feels to be a champion, but you will after this weekend. One of you will go home a champion, and it will be epic. You'll get your banner up in the basement, which is the greatest honor you could ever ask for in your life. Ever. Nothing more exciting than watching your name go up into glory. And that is what we are all about here in the Fending Farter Fantasy Football League. We have a matchup today of our two top teams from this year. BJ, the champion of the Gentile division going up against Mike, the head heave. Uh, this year, both teams got hot at different times, went on some streaks, put up a lot of points. BJ was the number one seed overall, Mike the number two. They're going to go to battle. And a lifetime against each other, BJ has the upper hand, two and one lifetime against Mike with a 51.3 point differential. But Mike, this year, in their one matchup, came out victorious with a 20-point victory. So who's going to win this weekend? BJ versus Mike. Well, we got a lot on the line. Pride, the trophy, the belt. It's all the money on the table. We're all in. Put your best lineups forward, go to battle, and we will see who comes out on top. Will we have our second Gentile champion of all time, or will we continue the dominance of the Jude Division. Tune in this weekend for our final week of fantasy football. I can't wait for the matchup. The commish is going to pick a winner. I didn't think I was going to do it, but I'm going to do it. I say I do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to turn the music off. I'll make you live in suspense. Uh, we'll pick a winner. Ooh. What do I like in this one? If you'll remember, I'll tell a quick story while I try to decide on a winner. Um, and earlier in the year, in my initial power rankings, I had BJ, I believe, as the last team. If it wasn't last, it was like ninth. Uh, I did. I thought his team was garbage, but Patrick Mahomes, Saquon Barkley's been better than I ever could could have imagined he would have been. He's got a squad, man, and uh, that's nothing to be fucked with. But for some reason, Magut, I feel it, Magut, just telling me. Mike London just had that had that magic all season. Can we get a drum roll? The commission's going, Mike, in the championship game. Mike, bring it home. And I'll get you your bourbon for winning, which makes me feel shitty. I feel shitty. No, I lost to you twice, especially by like a point, pretty much less than a point. And I know that if I was in this game this weekend, I'd take down either of you motherfuckers. One bad week and you're fucked. Right, Jake? Anyway, uh, that's your matchup for this weekend. That's the commission's pick. Good luck to both teams. Best of luck to all. And may the odds forever be in your favor or whatever 
she says in that movie. Uh, you guys love the holiday season as much as me because I can't wait for uh, this just marathon of holiday movies that's about to happen. I caught one the other day on AMC, one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time, Jingle All the Way. You ever see that movie? Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sinbad, Phil Hartman. It's just like an instant classic. Oh, it's got fucking Tom Hanks' wife, too. I don't remember her name. I just know she's married to Tom Hanks. But the basic premise of the movie is that Arnold Schwarzenegger is just a shit dad. Like, he just cares about his job. And he lets his kid down, and his kid wants this toy, Turbo Man. And Turbo Man is this cool little action figure. And basically, uh, he waits till the last minute to buy it, and it's the hottest toy on the market, and he can't get it anywhere. And the whole movie is about his quest to find this toy and try to be a good dad. There's just a lot of antics along the way. And Sinbad, with a rare guest appearance in a movie, it's a fucking instant Christmas classic, man. So check it out. That's Jingle All the Way, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad and Phil Hartman and Tom Hanks' wife. Um, we're going to go to our sounders. A um, little bit of a light turnout. Um, we'll just go right into it. Thank you for your hard work this year, Kamish. The draft was awesome idea. It was a lot of fun. Uh, pretty good uh, podcast all year, like usual. I uh, want to say good luck to Mike. Going to have an interesting final coming up. Uh, may the best team win. And uh, Looking forward to playing with you guys next year. Uncle Budge out. Thanks for checking in. Uncle BJ, the Chicago kid. Uh, good luck to you this weekend, sir. You earned your spot here in this championship game. And I'm glad you enjoyed everything. You know, I put a lot of work into this shit, guys. And... Uh, you know, sometimes I know it sucks, the podcast at least. And I, yeah, I didn't figure out everything in the games, but we learn as we go. We're like a fine wine. Every year we're going to get better. Every year. That's my pledge. So thank you, for B- BJ, for checking in. Hope you're having a good time. Don't be afraid to chime in. We have good fun here. Let's go to our next caller. Hey, Brant, I wanted to send a sounder earlier, but I couldn't. I had football. That's why I couldn't drink beer with you, because I had football practice. My daddy said I couldn't go. But now I'm at a bar. It's called Destination Dogs. All they serve is hot dogs. They got beef dogs, boar dogs, chicken dogs, duck dogs, alligator dogs, fried dogs, cat dogs, dog dogs they got all sorts of dogs if you're into dogs you want to go to destination dogs anywho i just thought i'd check in and say hi good luck to michael and bj bj's gonna win by 55.3 points sorry mike destination dogs that sounds like a hot spot what's that in like center city somewhere perhaps um yeah He's calling you out, Mike. He says you're going to get your ass beat, dude. <laughs> I'm pretty fucked up right now. All right, let's go to all of uh, the rest of uh, the Sounders, which come from Mike. And he's just going to pretty much take over from here. He's, uh, he's like my co-host right now. So let's go to Mike. Brent, you were a hell of an opponent, dude. I uh, couldn't ask for a better matchup, man. It's uh, definitely came down to the wire. I was shaking in my boots. Shaking in my boots. But I uh, pulled out the victory with probably like... 
one of the lowest scoring playoff games. I bet you can look up a some stats on that. Definitely one of the lower scoring uh playoff games ever in our in our short little history here, but um I mean, I got two bottles of bourbon that I got to drink, so I'm looking forward to that, but thanks for uh thanks for helping me get to the playoffs, dude. Couldn't have done it without you. The bourbon is yours, sir. And uh, let's uh, let's let's talk about this. Let's negotiate because I believe the bet was fifty dollar bottle. That was the max. So what if we say two fifty dollar bottles or one one hundred dollar bottle? I'll let you decide, sir. You'll have some options. I'll get them to you eventually when we do the payouts. That's basically we'll we'll do all the payouts at once. Um. And I did look it up because, you know, I'm a man of stats. I wanted to see, like, what were the lowest scoring playoff games of all time? So we looked at the cumulative score of two teams in the playoffs playing each other. Um, and it's actually, our game was only the fourth lowest scoring. So the um, the third lowest scoring was Mark versus Platus. That was 199.5 points, only .3 points off of our combined score of 199.8. Um the second lowest scoring of all time was Mike versus Platus in 2016, a collective score of 181.7. The lowest scoring one of all time, though, came in 2017, Stein versus Mark, where Mark just put up a dud. It was like 60-something points in a cumulative score of 158.5. Data. Power of the data. You like that? Tableau. I am fucking ready. <laughs> For the championship, dude. I'm ready to raise that banner in your basement, get that belt around my waist, and just have another life accomplishment, dude. Uh, this is a goal that I have in my life, and uh, this year could be my year, and I'm really happy about that. That would be fucking awesome. I, I mean, my parade down uh, Charles Lane will be fucking awesome. That's going to be probably one of the top moments of my life. Dude, if you win... Uh, I'll throw you a parade uh, around here for the draft. Maybe that can become a new tradition, the championship parade. Love it. Wow, look at that. Thinking on the fly. Thanks, McFly. And uh, it is a great honor to be a champion. The belt sitting here waiting for the next guy to just take it away. Oh, man, I'm going to miss it. It's the centerpiece of my entire basement. Fuck you guys. Fuck you. Fuck you. On like a whole nother note, though. I don't know where you can put this in your sounder section, but uh, Dave was here this past weekend, dude. We had a great time. Uh, my boy came out Friday. We, sh- you know, we just chilled, cooked him some dinner. What we have Friday, Dave? Oh, we had uh, uh, chicken and some stir fry, which was like stir fry vegetables. Fucking, I, I got a walk, so I walked that shit up. Saturday we went down to Canton. Canton. And uh, we checked out the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which is fucking awesome, especially this year with all the birds uh, stuff going on. They have, like, a Super Bowl theater, and it just basically replays the DVD that they sent out. So it's like the NFL films, essentially. Uh, A very unnecessary 180-degree turn of the seats in that theater. It's very strange, very, very strange. But really cool uh, to see everything. It was definitely something that we should all do. Um, when and if you guys ever come back out. Uh, I mean, it looks like they have plans to expand, so I'm excited to see what type of improvements they can make on the whole place because, you know, it's a pretty shitty place in the middle of shitty fucking Ohio. But uh, it's definitely a place worth checking out. 
Um, Sunday, we fucking, uh, no, Saturday night, we went out in Ohio City where, uh, like, my rehearsal dinner was. And uh, Dave fully converted to a second-tier Browns fan. He's on board with Baker. <laughs> Baker, come on in the house. It's time for football. You got football in the morning. Um, but, yeah, Dave's a Browns fan now, dude. Um, Sunday was a big day, dude. We had fucking Sixers tickets, four seats, VIP treatment, free parking, free booze, free food, free dessert. Boy got fucking hooked up. It's all about who you know, man. And I'm really happy that Dave come out. Whenever you guys are ready to come out, man, you guys will get a similar treatment. I can't guarantee four seats every time, but if you come out with enough notice, I'll be able to do as much as you need me to do. You know, Jeff Hill? Um, but yeah, that's it. Thanks, thanks for Dave for coming out. You guys looked cool as shit sitting on on the court. Just want to throw that out there. You guys look cool. Like that's a that's a fucking like bucket list item. You guys had a crazy awesome experience. I'm incredibly jealous. If Mike, if you have courtside seats ever again, I would gladly come out. Like I would drop everything I'm doing and pretty much come out. The only reason I didn't come this time was because of my Russian wedding. And yes, there was lots of collusion, lots of it. Uh, let's go to one more from Mike, I guess. Also, Merry Christmas to my fucking Gentile brethren of the of the group, man. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Sorry, Brent, I'm not going to make it. Living bumblefuck. Uh, I wish I could be there, boys. Next year, I'll definitely be there. You can mark my words on that. But Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Fucking A right. And uh, that is correct. There is a New Year's party once again this year, and I'd like to extend the invitation to all listeners. So if you've got family, friends, whoever the fuck you want to bring to my house, bring them on over. We'll get weird together, and we'll celebrate the new year. We'll talk about 2018, the year that was, and then enter a, a new one. And then later go to Vegas that week, which will be fun. Uh, yeah, but come ring in the new year with uh, the Simone family. It's the Simone family soiree Christmas. It's the third annual, right? I think this is the third one. And every year, a uh, a Kemper girl throws up, or a uh, Kemper family girl. Um, we'll see if any of them show. A little bit of drama between the commission and uh, the young bucks over there on the Kemper side. Anyway, uh, we're going to close this segment out with Mike, who has a message for the, uh, the league, I believe. Dude, I can't be the only one that fucking sends in sounders. Brent, I feel bad for you, man. You put a lot of hard work into this shit. No one respects you, bro. It's me and Dave, Jake with some quality, Mark with some randomness every now and then. Nobody else, dude. It's a real fucking shame. You know, I feel bad that you put in all this effort and no one appreciates it as much as uh, others. You know, it's it's about a contribution, a contribution, Andrew, I feel. <laughs> uh, but, dude, you're doing a hell of a job, and I hope you keep up with it because it really helps me get through the fantasy and football year about all your topics and everything and uh and uh it's a shame that not you don't you know that you don't have like a million subscribers but love you dude keep doing what you're doing appreciate that ml means a lot i uh you know it's i know this season hasn't been as good as some of the past ones but this year has been probably the toughest um just been so busy there's a lot of shit going on and maybe it's not as good of quality as it's been in the past and 
I can't put as much time into planning the show. But I still put forth an effort. That's all I'm asking. Just a little effort. Sounders take fucking two seconds, dude. No reason I think that you can't do them. I feel like if you don't do them, you're not listening. That's how it feels. Just talking to myself in the basement like a weirdo. Which is strange. <laughs> don't want to do that. Um, So, yeah, man. Fucking hit me up. I'm lonely down here in the makeshift studios. Is there any guests that want to come in, sit in, chill? Have a have a cigar? I don't know. Is that what dudes do? Just brown out. I mean, look at my globe. I got a globe. Nobody wants to come check it out. Play some ball. Come in the New Year's party. I really uh, hope you guys will come. I'll give you booze, feed you. We'll have a good time. Celebrate the New Year. That goes to everybody. If you're in the league, you're invited. I understand if you're too far away and you can't get there or you can't make it. You got mouths to feed or something. Come on out. So the next time we talk, it's going to be all about New Year's and it's going to be all about uh, the championship game. We'll see what happens this weekend. We'll see who comes out on top. And I promise I'll, I'll do you justice on the other side, whoever the champion may be. This uh, This podcast is done. That's it for this week. I'm going to leave you with a song that I picked to say Merry Christmas to all of you guys. And Happy Chan. Sorry I might have missed that. Happy Hanukkah to all you you Jews. But enjoy Christmas too because it's a cool holiday. I mean, none of us believe in this religious crap anyway. I don't believe in that shit. I just celebrate it for the tradition of it. You know, and giving people gifts is fun. And getting gifts is even cooler. So Merry Christmas. We'll see you before New Year, so I won't say Happy New Year yet. But this song that I picked to go out to, this Christmas song, I'm going to dedicate to my boy Dave because I just feel like he would dig this song because it's a band that uh, does their thing doing Christmas. So we'll see you next week. Good luck. Bells will be ringing This sad, sad news
Merry Christmas, everybody. Love you guys.